Hello. Hey, Chris. Hey, Ian. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Just got through airport security right now, so I apologize if there's any background noise. That's okay. Welcome back. Where were you coming from? Uh, flying back to Baltimore from Charleston, South Carolina. I was down here for the day for work. Oh, cool. What were you doing down there? Yeah. Uh, just doing some uh, standard uh, IT systems down here. Cool. That That's what the, the, the full-time gig is, IT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full awesome. 9 to 5 is IT. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, uh, welcome awesome. back. Thank you. Well, thank you for uh, joining me tonight. I know we had a little bit of back and forth with uh, scheduling times and everything, so I'm excited that this worked out. We can actually talk in person versus a blog post. Me too. This is great. Awesome. So to start us off, could you just introduce yourself a little bit and... Uh, Tell everyone what you do. Yeah, my name is Ian Blessing, and I, along with my wife Carly, make a line of alcohol-free cocktail bitters called All the Bitter. Um, my wife and I met working at the French Laundry as sommeliers, so we come from a background of, of fine dining and food and wine. And when we had our, our first son, his name is Jack, he was about six months old, we decided to quit drinking. Um, you know, our lives kind of revolved around uh, cocktails and, and wine and food and, and beer, um, you know, both professionally and, and personally. Um, we absolutely drank way too much. And after we had kids, we decided that that just wasn't going to, to that wasn't going to jive with our, our lives anymore. Um, and so we decided to give it up. Um, and fortunately, we decided to quit drinking right around the same time that the non-alcoholic beverage market completely exploded. Um, before that, it was, you know, O'Doul's was about the only option. And I think maybe a, a few months into sobriety, um, Instagram, you know, targeted targeted me and uh, showed me a, an ad for Athletic. Um and I, I, I bought my first, uh, you know, non-alcoholic IPA and was hooked right away and was so excited that I got to continue enjoying the, the flavors that I loved so much without any of the, the negative impact of, of alcohol. Uh, so we got really into this, this world and these beverages and these options um, and decided a little over a year ago that the one thing that was really missing from the marketplace was a fully alcohol-free cocktail bitter that it was that tasted like the classics that could be, uh, you know, in, inserted, substituted uh, very easily into classic cocktail recipes. Um, and so we we've been developing it over the last uh, little over a year now, and released them in January. We're very very. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So I, I got to wonder: is Jack the one who's the head of dinosaurs? Jack or... is our. Jack's correct. Jack is our vice president of dinosaur relations. Awesome. Could not be a more well-deserving title for an upstanding citizen and patron of the cause of non-alcoholic beverages. He he does good work. He does good work. He, he does. He absolutely does. Um, so what, so, so you talked a little bit about like kind of why bitters, but let's, let's talk about the flavors of bitters. You have regular kind of traditional flavored bitters. You have some citrus bitters as well as the New Orleans bitter. 
I'm really curious about how you chose those flavors. Yeah, these, so we're starting with these three and, you know, we'll probably expand the lineup at some point, but, but for now we're going to stick with these and they're really the three most important flavors of, of bitters in classic cocktails. So there's hundreds of, of varieties of bitters. Bitters are one of those things that aren't really, um, constricted to any exact formula, other than they typically include, as you would guess, uh, some bitter component to it. Uh, typically gentian root. Um, we use a, a variety of different bittering agents. We use dandelion root, burdock root. We use gentian, of course. Um, we use an herb called yellow dock root. Um, what else? We, we, we use a, a number of, of we, we use a, a pretty wide range of ingredients. Um, but bitters in general typically contain some form of bitter and uh and whatever spice or flavoring um the the producer desires so the three primary bitters on the market that you're going to find in in every bar and 99 percent of cocktail recipes are going to call for one of these three bitters and that's angostura peixodes and orange bitters any number of producers of, of orange bitters so we really wanted to start with the three most important flavors that if you're making a cocktail recipe, it's likely going to be one of these flavors that is going to be called for. Mm -hmm. There's, like I mentioned, there, there's there's you know, a limitless number of, of other flavors of bitters out there and they're all super fun to play with. And you can use, you know, for instance, you could use like black walnut bitters in an old fashioned, you know, you could use... Uh, you know, grapefruit hot bitters, uh, you know, in place of a recipe that calls for orange bitters. You can use whatever you want, like in anything, like in any, you know, like in cooking, like you're welcome to look at the recipe and then do your own thing with it. Um, but most recipes are going to call for one of those three flavors. And so at, at the time, those, those didn't exist in non-alcoholic form. There are other non-alcoholic bitters on the market, but there was nothing to me that really jumped out as like, okay, this is what you use in an old fashioned. This is what you use in a Sazerac. This is what you use in a gin martini. Um, so we wanted to provide like the definitive go-to alternative to the, the, the primary, very common flavors of bitters that are out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, you guys sent me a sampling of the trifecta that you guys have and Honestly, I've been using them in alcoholic cocktails that I make. I Absolutely. Use, like, I don't use regular Angostura or Angostura citrus anymore. That's I really awesome. only use all the bitters. And I'm going to quote you on bitter. that. That's please, great. Please do. Please do. Like, <laughs> it's because it's not, it's the flavor that I want when I add bitters to a cocktail. It's not the alcohol I want because honestly, you don't add enough alcohol to really like, end up getting you hammered anymore like the whiskey or whatever but no yeah you're i, I use your stuff and i've i've even started using all the bitters with um ipas yeah there was a back in 2015 give or take um i went out to colorado and i went to the breckenridge brewery and distillery out there 
and they actually recommended pouring a full shot of their Breckenridge bitters into an IPA. And so every time I've gotten a new bitter or a new IPA, I've tried adding like a dash or a few to it to see what it does. And I mean, even in like something like a citrus-based Hefeweizen, your citrus bitter just bring out more of the flavors in alcoholic and non-alcoholic stuff. I've paired it with athletic before and it is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, that's one of our favorite ways to use it. And, and honestly, it was one of the biggest surprises when we were developing these and playing with them was this idea of bitters going in beer and that the, the, your example of using the full ounce um, it sounds crazy, but it, it, there's a precedent for it. Um, uh-huh. in, in France, there are bitter liqueurs that are made specifically to go with beer. Um, they're, they're not cocktail bitters, like like the bitters that we, you know, you use a couple dashes of. They're liqueurs, yeah. so you're supposed to use an yeah. ounce or two. But Absolutely. it's the same idea. You're, you're basically just adding a, a burst of, of flavor. And again, just like cocktail bitters you know of course a a primary flavor a primary component of of those liquors is bitter but that's not just bitter like the 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 bitters that you're using to add to beer in france are are orange flavor it's like bitter it's bittersweet orange um it's like you could add campari to a beer um that would be kind of a similar idea um, you're just adding a ton of flavor <coughs> and depth to that brew. Um, IPAs are great with um, with our, our, our aromatic bitters. So basically our, our flavor that's inspired by Angostura. Um, it just adds depth and complexity and it adds a burst of, of you know, cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, all these different spices, plus the earthy bitter roots that we're using. Um, and they complement IPAs really, really nicely. Like you said, the orange bitters work so nicely in wheat beers. Um, our orange bitters feature cardamom and coriander. And those are two flavors. Like you, you uh, coriander is often added to wheat beers. Um, you know, that, yeah. that's in, an ingredient that you find in Hefeweizens. And so adding that really concentrated dose of those flavors helps to enhance and highlight the flavors that are already inherent in that beer. Um, it, it, it brings things forward. It, it, it highlights certain flavors and it adds, of course, its own burst of, of flavor of whatever flavor of, of bitter you're using. Um, they can, they can really be used in anything. Bitters are the salt and pepper of the bar. Um, you know, you, you, you essentially use them to season your drinks. Um, and you can, you know, just like in cooking, you can season, lightly or you can season liberally you know you can do a dash or two or you can throw an ounce in there um just you know you just get a different effect absolutely and so what what is the exact process of making bitters not don't reveal any like super secret (laughs) trade that you guys are doing but like what's the general process to make bitters because i personally actually don't know yeah, bitters are so unlike spirits, which are distilled. Um, bitters are brewed essentially. Um, alcoholic bitters and non-alcoholic bitters are made essentially the same way. The difference is the the base liquid that you use, the solvent. Um, 
so essentially the process is is pretty straightforward. Um, you take whatever your raw ingredients are and you let them steep in your liquid for anywhere from, you know, four weeks to 12 weeks, um, you know, depending on the ingredients, depending on the level of extraction you're going for. Um, ours take about two months to make, but you let them steep in that liquid for a period of time. Um, and then you remove the raw ingredients and filter it. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, you know, obviously it's slightly more involved than that. Um, but that's the, that's the basic process. Um, the big differences between alcoholic bitters and non-alcoholic are that of course, for, for regular bitters, you're using high proof alcohol. So generally like, a you know, like Everclear, you're using something in like the 70% plus ABV range. I'm having and flashbacks then, to college right now when you mentioned Everclear. Yeah, totally. Um, so like high proof rum is often used. Um, high proof vodka is often used uh, or, or something like Everclear. So something really, really high proof um, because it, it, it just, it extracts flavor from the raw ingredients better. And then once that process is done, it's cut with water to lower the ABV. Um, so you're not, you know, alcoholic bitters aren't going to be 70% alcohol. They're going to be 35 or 40 because they're half alcohol and then half water. Um, so they've been diluted essentially. Um, we do kind of the same thing. We use a percentage of water as well. Um, really just because glycerin on its own, which is what we use instead of alcohol, glycerin is very thick. Um, it, glycerin is very syrupy. Um, and alcoholic bitters obviously aren't. <laughs> they're, they're liquid. Um, <clears throat> so water helps to cut the thickness of glycerin a little bit. It also helps to cut the sweetness. So glycerin on its own is incredibly okay. sweet. Um, there's no sugar. You know, our, our bitters don't have any sugar in them. Um, but glycerin on its own is very, very sweet. So the challenge in making non-alcoholic coffee not be sweet obviously sweetness isn't something that you associate with with cocktail bitters um, yeah. so that's something you're you're trying to avoid um and the, the way that we've essentially countered it is by using an absolute ton of raw ingredients um in the same way and and one of the you know things that, that people often ask about non-alcoholic products in general is why is it so expensive you know, why does this cost the same amount that that, that that liquor costs? And the answer is because alcohol is a great solvent. And so if you're not using alcohol, you simply need to use more raw product uh -huh. to get the same impact of flavor that you would get with an alcoholic spirit or an alcoholic product. So it just costs more to make because you have to use more raw ingredients. So we simply use more herbs, roots, spices, and fruit than you would normally need to use to make alcoholic bitters um you know as an example like <clears throat> overall we use probably three times the amount of ingredients that you would use to make alcoholic bitters um to look at like a, a really specific ingredient if you were to use say this is a, a made-up example but if you were to use one ounce of gentian root to make alcoholic bitters we're using probably <laughs> 10 ounces we're probably using oh, wow. 10 times the gentian that you would use in alcoholic bitters um, because we just we need to pack more in there to, to first of all get that flavor 
and to counteract the sweetness of the glycerin so that when you so, add it to a drink, it's not just making your drink sweet. So, so what's the actual ABV of your product? So you were talking about kind of essentially titrating it down or distilling it. I guess distilling might be the wrong word, but like break, breaking it down. So you're using the 70% and then 35%. Like what's this is kind of a two-part question, but what's the ABV of your product versus are bitters and like, I guess, liqueurs like that, are they defined to be non-alcoholic any differently than like a non-alcoholic beer in terms of ABV? Well, okay. So <clears throat> alcoholic bitters range anywhere from, um, you know, like Fee Brothers is, is a great example. So Fee Brothers are often cited as being non-alcoholic. They are not. Fee Brothers uses alcoholic extract in a glycerin base. So Fee Brothers, for example, ranges anywhere from 2% ABV up to 40%, depending on the flavor. Um, alcohol, like standard alcoholic bitters, like Angostura, Reagan's Orange, Peychaud's, etc., range anywhere from 30% to 45% alcohol. Um, so it, it, basically take whatever the, the base spirit is that they're using, and then it's going to be about half of that because they're, they're cutting it with water. Our ABV is zero because we're not using any alcohol in the process at all. We're using glycerin to extract flavor. We're not using alcohol to extract flavor. And we're, we're extracting it entirely in a, in a combination of glycerin, water, and we use a little bit of apple cider vinegar. Um, not enough to give the bitters a vinegar flavor. Um, there was a bitters on the market. Urban Moonshine made a, a, an apple cider vinegar bitter for a while. They discontinued it. Um, I don't know, maybe a year ago. I suspect because the shelf life isn't very long on vinegar-based bitters, they only last like six months. That I, that's my, I have no idea. I, I'm making that up. I, I don't know why they discontinued it. Uh, but that's one of the drawbacks to vinegar-based bitters is that, first of all, they taste like vinegar. Um, and second of all, the shelf life isn't very long. So we kind of took the best of, of, of both worlds and we decided to add a little bit of vinegar really just to enhance and highlight the flavors in the same way that vinegar enhances flavors in food and, and uh -huh. other drinks. Um, in the same way that you squeeze a lemon on fish and it brings out the flavors. Um, vinegar does, does the same thing in our bitters. It really just enhances and highlights the, the other flavors without actually adding a vinegar taste to it. Um, but we're not using any alcohol in the process and there's no fermentation taking place. Um, it's, it's really just like, so compare making bitters to making a cup of coffee or okay. a, cup of, a cup of tea. Um, making bitters is kind of like making, um, like a sun tea, you know, or a cold brew coffee, but it takes two months and there's no sun. Um, you, you basically I have no patience for that. So God bless you on that. Yeah. One. Which is why we're doing it. That's why we're doing it. So you don't have to. Um, it's, it, you know, it's entirely possible. And I encourage anybody that's interested, that's how we got started to, if you want to make bitters at home, go for it. You know, and if anybody has questions, please reach out. I will walk you through it. Um, you know, it is entirely possible to make bitters at home. It's one of those DIY things. You know, most people cannot distill spirits at home. Most you can make, obviously make beer at home, but it's, it's involved. Uh, most people are not going to make beer at home. You can absolutely make bitters at home. 
Um, but it requires, you know, purchasing 20 something different ingredients. Um, it takes time and patience to get it right. Obviously, you know, we, we went through a hundred different recipes before we got ours right. Um, but it's certainly something you can do. Uh, it just does take some patience. It takes time. Um, you know, there's not really any way to speed up the process. You just got to kind of wait for it to come together. Yeah. And I'm, that was one thing, like kind of going back to the taste of your bitters when you were talking about like the apple cider vinegar taste versus other components of it. The first thing I actually did when I got your bitters in the mail was I just, I took a, a dropper of it and I just put it right on my tongue of each one of them. And it, that you could really tell the difference between all of them. And there was no like terrible aftertaste or anything like that. So <laughs> by, by themselves, they just naturally taste good. Yeah. Well, I, well, I appreciate that. First of all, um, you know, I, I think for, for us, that was part of that, that flavor development process, you know, Harley <laughs> and I don't have, um, you know, we don't have a, a marketing background or a business background or, uh, you know, we've, we've come at this from kind of a different angle that than a lot of the NA producers on the market. Um, you know, we're coming to it from a flavor background, you know, our, our experience and our expertise is in flavor. Um, so it was, it was a long, really fun process of, you know, kind of coming up with the, the, what, what I wanted the ingredients to look like. And, and that part of the process was based on, on functionality. So, you know, we kind of started with the, the flavors that we were trying to not replicate exactly, but the flavors that we were, that we were in, that we were inspired by. Um, breaking down those flavor profiles, figuring out what are the main components of each that we want to carry through in our product. For Angostura, for instance, it's it's heavily influenced by baking spice. So Angostura has a ton of like clove and nutmeg. Um, Peychaud's is heavily anise-based and some, you know, kind of lighter, like, you know, cherry fruit. Orange bitters obviously are orange and, and coriander and cardamom. Mm -hmm. So we took those basic flavor profiles and then kind of um, threw a bunch of functional ingredients in there. Um, the ingredients that I mentioned before, like dandelion and burdock and yellow dock, ingredients that have really wonderful beneficial properties um, that are great for digestion, for liver cleansing, for detoxification, for, um, for, for stress reduction. Um, managing gut health actually really benefits your stress levels. So we, we came at it from, from two angles, both flavor and functionality. And, um, you know, kind of threw a bunch of stuff together and, and, you know, it's a long process. We let it sit for two months and then tasted it. Um, and then, you know, some, at some points had to just go back to the drawing board and say, this is way off. Um, you know, let's, let's start over from scratch. But then at a certain point, it was really just about kind of, you know, removing an ingredient, adding an ingredient, um, dialing something down a little bit, dialing something up um, until we we really got it right. And what we were going for was was what you described. You know, we we're looking for a well-balanced flavor that, that really came together where you could taste all the individual components. But more importantly, it, it tasted like one cohesive um, you know, balanced flavor. 
Uh, I do the same thing. I, I, I walk, you know, every time I pass our, our bitters in the house, I take a dropper and I just, I, I do a, a dropper on the tongue. Um, I, just, I find them so delicious. Um, I, I think they're great on their own or, or of course with sparkling water or cocktails, but um, you know, I, I like to take them on their own, um, which is again, just great for digestion and, and for gut health. Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. So what, what does like a test batch for you guys look like? Is it an entire like 40 gallons of bitters that you end up dumping down the drain or how do you scale that? <laughs> a 12 ounce Mason jar. Um, at one point I had like 60 something different Mason jars um, <laughs> in, in different, it wasn't like scattered around the house. It was in, you know, a couple containers. Um, but I had like 60 different Mason jars going of of bitters recipes along with like another 30 or 40 um like single ingredient like experiments um you know like like we we, we broke down every individual component at first and and mm-hmm. tested every ingredient on its own in glycerin water and vinegar to see what what extracted well because not everything extracts well in in, in glycerin um, you know, every, almost everything extracts well in alcohol, but not everything extracts well in, in glycerin. So that was the, the first step was doing these experiments. Um, at one point I did a side-by-side of like 10 different extraction methods for orange peel because citrus and fruit is really hard to get right in glycerin. Um, so we tried like fresh orange peel, dried orange peel, blood orange, bitter orange, regular orange. Um, you know, I tried, uh, using, you know, boiling hot water as opposed to regular water. Like we tried so many different ways and, and did this like, you know, did like 10 little like four ounce jars side by side uh, and then tasted each one, you know, to, to find out what the what the best then, way to do just then, the first peel was. And then each one of those needs to have its own variable. So you have to have the boiling hot water with the fresh orange and the dried orange and the blood orange and the fresh blood and the dried blood. Yeah, and then you have exactly. to have this room temperature of the- totally yeah it was it was a lot it was super fun um but it was it was a lot um but the 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 bitters themselves were done in 12 ounce mason jars um and then from there we scaled up to five gallon um five gallon plastic jugs um which was kind of our that was our 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 first real sample batch um we made about 300 bottles uh, done in, in five gallon Cambros, um, that you find in, in kitchens. Um, and that funny enough was, was my initial, when we started, you know, kind of developing this and, and, um, and planning it out, that was the size that I thought we were going to make it in, um, was five gallon containers, which like you could do in your closet. Like that's, that's hobby scale. Um, that was about 300 bottles, which we, that's what we sold in our first day. Um, oh, so wow. if we had moved forward with that scale, we would have been sold out of our first batch in a day. Um, and it would have been two and a half months until we had anything, anything left over. So, you know, as we started talking about this and started reaching out and having conversations, it became really apparent very quickly that we, we were going to need to need to scale up from there. Um, that we, we need to make more than 300 bottles per, per batch. Um, there was a lot of interest. So we ended up scaling up to 55 gallon drums. Um, Holy cow. We, we make um, uh, we make about eight 55 gallon drums at a time. 
um, which sounds like a lot, and, and it is a lot for two people to make. Um, but in the scheme of things, when you you know compare that to uh, you know to to, to larger, to, uh, obviously to you know behemoths like Angostura, um, that's that's a, a thimble. Um, but even comparing it to you know craft bitters companies like Scrappies or Bitterman's or uh, mm-hmm. you know the guys that you're going to find in, in Total Wine at Bevmo. Um, it's a very, very small production. Um, it's, you know, I, again, we do everything entirely by hand from, from bottling to shrink banding and, you know, uh, pressing the herbs after we take them out in a, in a hand cranked five gallon wine press. Um, we're doing everything, you know, super old school. So it's a, it's a lot of work for, for the two of us. Um, but it's, it's manageable. It's, it, we, we can physically do it, um, which is yeah. pretty, pretty cool. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So what's, what's like the next steps for you guys? Like what's in terms of like scaling or flavors, like what's, what, what are the next steps? Yeah, we're working on, on a few things. Um, I, we're, we're playing with some new recipes. We're playing with some, some new bitters flavors, that will probably take a little while. So right now we're in a, a shared commercial kitchen space. Um, that's fortunately like a, a block down the street from our house. We got really lucky. Um, so we're able to make the product there, which is great because we don't, uh, you know, we, we don't have employees. We, we, we don't, we don't have the, the resources yet uh, to scale up into our own facility, which we will do. That's the next step for us. We, we want to continue making everything ourselves by hand. Um, you know, we'd like to hire a few employees and, 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 and work, you know, work with employees to, to, to make it so that it's not us doing everything entirely ourselves. Um, but we, we would like to keep it in house. I do not want to contract it out to a co-packer. I want to have full control, um, over it moving forward, but the plan is to scale up into a larger space. That's our own, uh, you know, increase our production capacity, and once we do scale up, we'd like to add, you know, somewhere between probably, you know, three and nine new flavors uh, of bitters. So we're playing with those. You know, we, 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 we continue to play with recipes at home uh, the same way that we did when we were getting started, which is, you know, just making um, making batches and mason jars at home. So we played with a bunch of really fun flavors that we're excited about. Um, but that's a little ways away. That, that's probably at least a year away until we're in our, our own space. Um, but we are looking uh, and, and actively working in, at developing uh, canned drinks, uh, you know, ready to drink bitters and sodas. Um, that'll likely be the next evolution for us will be uh, canned beverages um, before we do scale up into our own own facility. That's awesome. I, I can't yeah. wait to see what you guys do. and. I hope I hope you keep my address on file. Should you ever need another taste tester? Oh, uh, we we got it. <laughs> we're we're ready to go. Yeah. Um, so, what, what's your favorite uh, mocktail to make with bitters? With your bitters? Uh, that is a, a difficult question. Um, you know, I, honestly, what we do the most of at home is just drinking bitters and soda. Um, you know, we, we, we make a ton of cocktails. We, we make, you know, we, we, we drink a lot of everything. Um, but where, where we get the most play with our bitters, um, is just, com- is just combining, you know, four or five full droppers with a glass of sparkling water. Um, you know, it, it's like a, a, a fancy grown up LaCroix, 
uh, you know, it's, it's like, I mean, you know, after drinking these bitters and sodas for like months now, um, you know, I've kind of stopped drinking, um, flavored seltzer water, which we used to drink a, a ton of. Um, oh yeah. And, and I, I had one the other day and it was like tasted surprisingly artificial. Um, I, I had like a lime sparkling water and I was like, this doesn't taste very good. Um, because I'm so used to drinking these, these, you know, very natural tasting, you know, botanical sparkling waters now with our bitters. Um, and it made LaCroix just kind of taste off. It was really funny. Um, so bitters and soda, you know, and, and I'll call that a mocktail. I'll call bitters and soda a cocktail. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, that, that is the quintessential, um, that's the quintessential drink. Um, so that, that's certainly where we get the most out of it. But I mean, you know, I, what we've ended up doing is really just adding bitters to just about every drink we make, whether or not the original recipe calls for bitters or not. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I mean, honestly, like, like I said, bitters are, are seasoning. It's salt and pepper. Um, mm-hmm. Every dish you make, you season, right? Um, so why yeah. wouldn't, why wouldn't you season every cocktail? So like, you know, we made a South side the other day, which is mint, lime, gin, um, mint, lime, gin, and sugar. Uh, it doesn't call for bitters, but we used a few dashes of our orange bitters. And it just, the, the orange and gin go together. The mm-hmm. botanicals and the bitters bring out the botanicals and the orange. Um, it just adds complexity and depth to about every cocktail you can you can make. Um, I mean, the, 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 the classic, and, and we do make a, a good number of these, would be an old-fashioned. Um, we like to make it... Yeah, we like to make it with maple syrup instead of sugar. Um, you don't need That's a lot. That's exactly what I do, too. It's so I good. Get, you don't I get maple it. syrup. I grew up in New England, so I'm spoiled and entitled when it comes to my maple syrup, and I will die on that hill. Yeah, oh, totally. Uh, but using a little bit of maple syrup in place of sugar when you're making an old fashioned it's it's not even a question no it's it's so much better it adds it adds a richness to the drink and as you know you know especially the spirit forward Mm non-alcoholic cocktails need a little texture Mm -hmm. um you know drinks that have lemon or lime juice in them or soda water or ginger beer those are great because the, the texture is there. The texture is in the acid of the lemon, the, the yeah. lemon juice or the texture is in the bubbles of the soda water. But when you're making a spirit forward cocktail, like an old fashioned or a Manhattan or a Sazerac. So actually mm-hmm. let's start there. Those are the three classics. That's honestly the reason why we made these was because we wanted people to be able to make a fully non-alcoholic old fashioned Manhattan and Sazerac, right? Three of like mm-hmm. the most classic cocktails, three of the most ordered cocktails in the country. Um, But, but those are spirit forward cocktails. Those are not drinks that necessarily do well in non-alcoholic form because for the same reason that NA spirit producers don't recommend drinking their spirits straight, they recommend making a cocktail. Yeah. Those cocktails don't have anything. It's basically the same thing as drinking them straight. An old fashioned is sugar, sugar, bitters and and spirit so you're you're you're, if you don't like a non-alcoholic whiskey on its own you're you're not gonna like the non-alcoholic you're you're probably not gonna like it by adding a sugar cube or two dashes of bitters bitters are great and bitters absolutely enhance everything that you drink 
but it's mm-hmm. not going to change the fact that you're drinking two and a half ounces of non-alcoholic whiskey. It's mm-hmm. not going to taste like an alcoholic old fashioned. It's just not. So adding, tweaking that recipe slightly and staying true to the, you know, to the original idea, but by adding just a little bit of that maple syrup, it adds depth of flavor, it adds texture, and it really does make it an enjoyable drink. And so, that's, the, that's the big thing is that it does add that little bit of mouthfeel that you, you don't get when you have a traditional non-alcoholic spirit that's so thin on the palate. The maple syrup gives it more of that thickness and mouth coating. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and that's, that's part of what contributes to making it a satisfying drink. Because if it doesn't have that mouthfeel, even if the flavor is great, it doesn't, it, it's not going to be satisfying because it just feels thin. It feels watery. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other benefit to our, to our bitters and to the fact that we use glycerin, which like we said, is, is, is syrupy, um, is that the bitters do contribute a little bit of body to those drinks. It's not a lot. You're not using an ounce. I mean, you could, there are drinks that call for more bitters, but you're using, you know, four or five milliliters at the most in a cocktail. So it's not going to dramatically change it, but you are adding a little bit of subtle texture by adding those bitters, yep. which is nice. Um, Absolutely. Another, you know, the, the other two drinks to look at, like an, uh, a Manhattan. Um, a Manhattan can be done uh, really well in non-alcoholic form. Um, but again, I, I like to throw a couple tweaks into it. Um, I'll use a, a, a dash, like a bar spoon of balsamic vinegar which again does the same thing of adding texture. Um, you're that's, adding that's one thing that it was, uh, I don't know if you know her, Mocktail Mo. Uh-huh. Um, she actually recommended for the non-alcoholic red wines, put in an ounce of balsamic vinegar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that'll it, help. Both. I haven't tried it yet, and I know if she listens to this episode, I'm going to immediately get an email from her yelling at me for not trying it yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a sneaky way of adding some depth to some of those drinks. It does. It, it just it adds a little bite. And, and again, like we talked about with the bitters, it, it's not only does it add bite and texture, but it helps vinegar and like acid in general helps enhance flavor. Mm-hmm. So you're brightening the flavors of the drink and, and using even just like a, like a, like a really small amount, like a bar spoon or like, like a tea, like a half a teaspoon, um, brightens the flavors of whatever you're drinking and adds a little bit of like zip and, and drive to it so that you, when you take a sip of the drink, it doesn't just fall flat. It gives it a longer finish. Um, so after you, you take that sip, it lingers rather than just dropping off completely the vinegar helps that drink kind of carry through after that first sip. Um, so uh, a Manhattan is a great example uh, of, of a drink that I think our, our bitters really um, enhance. I like to use a couple dashes of our aromatic bitters along with a couple dashes of our orange bitters and a dash of balsamic um, and maybe even like a bar spoon of like the cherry syrup from uh from a jar of of like brandied um luxardo cherries for the same reason for for the same reason as maple syrup it adds texture and a little bit of depth of flavor Um, can i also just say i'm very glad that you said luxardo cherries and not maraschino no god i mean i will 
only use Luxardo cherries when I'm making a cocktail or a mocktail. You will not find maraschino cherries in my house. Do and not if you do, I did not cherries. buy them. Don't use hot pink cherries. No. Bad. Bad juju. <laughs> That's the one thing bitters can't save. <laughs> no. No. Although, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to give that a shot now. I'm going to go get a, a jar of, uh, of hot pink don't cherries. Do it. And I'm, I'm just going to add it. our bitters to it and see how it goes. Just soak the cherries in your bitters. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Oh, we'll a cherry bitter. Well, so so here's the thing: we our New Orleans bitters are one of the main ingredients is cherries. And when we were making our first batch, we pulled the cherries out of the bitters and tasted them, and they were amazing. So we don't have any immediate plans to do this, but I'm definitely considering down the line. Uh, expanding our, uh, expanding our product line into uh, cocktail cherries, um, and 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 literally just using the cherries that have been soaking in the bitters for two months. You can even do like a whole line of like soaked garnishes too. Yeah, I was just having a conversation with somebody about this about two hours ago, which is pretty funny. <laughs> the the you, bitter the bit, bitter garnishes. You all the garnishes. Yeah, all the garnish. There we go. All, 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 the, the, garnish. all the garnish and all the bitter. There we oh, go. That's so good. Yeah, you're setting no, that, up your empire. That may be. So you know, we're talking about expansions of a product line. Uh, you know, new flavors and ready to drinks. And then, honestly, at some point, we probably will start to think about the the garnish game too. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Ian, it has been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. Actually, talking. I don't want to say face to face, but voice to voice. Um, I'm so excited for everything you guys are doing. I'm so thrilled that you've had such a successful launch and it seems like everyone on like Facebook and everything are in absolutely in love with your product, which is amazing to see. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I'm, once I get home, I'm probably going to have a nightcap of uh, non-alcoholic old-fashioned myself. Yeah, for... maple syrup old-fashioned. You know, almost you almost know. every night, that's my drink. There we go. Love it. Absolutely love it. Chris, um, it was again, re- really nice to talk to you. You too. And I hope we can get another uh, cocktails, convos, and cold ones uh, a little bit down the line. Once you guys get some more products launched and all that stuff, we can do some Instagram lives and actually make some mocktails with your awesome products. Yeah, let's do it. So, All right, Ian. Take care. Thanks again for chatting with me tonight. All right. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye.